The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Please keep hands on guardrails firmly at all times. Welcome to the broadcast, the show, the program. Boys, girls, men, women, children of all ages, welcome. Fellow Americans, welcome. How in the world are you? Welcome to the broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. <sighs> you know, while it has been, and you know, I know it's hot everywhere. I got it. It's summertime. That's what happens, Jeff. It's summertime and it gets warm. But it has been close to the surface of the sun here in northern Texas. That's the way it's supposed to be, Jeff. It's northern Texas. It happens that way every year. Remember the first time you came to Texas and it was in the 100-day stretch of every day, 110 degrees and a drought, and people were buying giant ice cubes for their pool just to cool it off for an hour. Remember that? Yes, I do. I do. It's going to the same way this year, okay? Okay. And we've got a cold front coming through today and tomorrow anyway, okay? It's going to be down to 97. Oh, it's the summer cold front coming through. Okay, good. Good. It's never a good sign. In uh, in my in my car, in the rolls, on the mirror, it has, you know, what direction you're going in. And it also has the temperature. And yesterday I look up, and I, didn't, I usually I look at it just because, you know, I'm listening to the radio and it's, 67 degrees outside, and I look at my mirror to see if it's exactly what the radio guy said. And I look up yesterday, and it's 108. And I'm driving down the highway trying to snap a picture. Um, by the way, that's never, that's never a good thing, and I think it's probably illegal now to be doing that. However, that's what they put guardrails up for. And so I'm driving down the interstate trying to snap a picture of 108, and I can't get a good shot. So by the time I finally get to where I can, you know, Pull off and I have to be at a red light. It's 106. <sighs> Fine. I'll take a picture of the 106 instead of the 108. But, uh, yeah, it's never just this is a helpful hint for me. It, it may be a reason why they don't want you texting and driving and doing things with your phone when you're driving. Because if you're going down the interstate, it's afternoon drive. I mean, it's Friday. I had a late meeting. So I'm driving late. I'm smack dab in the middle of afternoon drive. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of traffic and it's speed up, slow down. Then you're trying to snap a picture of the mirror. <laughs> it, uh, well, that's just not a good thing. Let's just say that. And I found out that most cars on the interstate have horns. I, you know, I know you think, usually you think, oh, I wonder if most of those cars have, have horns that could honk at you. They do. So, you know, just a good, good, helpful tip for me not to. Try to snap pictures of your mirror when you're driving down the interstate. You're welcome. All right, let's get to some of the break room headlines. There's all kinds of news that has happened this week. I mean, it's been a busy week. It really has. Uh, it, it's pretty amazing how we go through each week, and it's like, 
wow. I mean, it's only been a week. And we just keep hammering news. And that's uh, basically thanks to, uh, uh, thanks to the world spinning out of control, really, is what it is. And uh, one of the big things that happened as the world spun out of control is North Korea. Uh, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un said Saturday the second flight test of an intercontinental ballistic missile demonstrated his country can hit the U.S. mainland hours after the launch left. Analysis concluded that a wide swath of the United States, including Los Angeles, Chicago, is now in range of North Korean weapons. Really? Huh. Really? The Korean Central News Agency, which, I mean, nothing but truth and facts coming out of that, said that Kim expressed great satisfaction. The agency also quoted Kim as saying that the latest launch reaffirmed the re- reaffirmed the reliability of the country's ICBM system and confirmed an ability to launch the missile at random regions and locations at random times, with the entire U.S. mainland now within range. Kim said the launch late Friday sent a serious warning to the United States, which has been meaninglessly blowing its trumpet with threats of war and stronger sanctions. It may be time. I do not want to go to war. And I've heard all the stories about how horrific it's going to be and how, you know, we're going to lose, I mean, South Korea, we're going to lose millions of lives and it's going to be ugly. It's not going to be pretty because Kim doesn't care. And he just wants he just wants to, a war, wants to prove that he's the best. It may be time to turn North Korea into glass. Let's just do it and get it over with. Sorry. Hey, uh, Vlad, uh, we're, turning, uh, we're turning North Korea into uh, glass today. Uh, China. Uh, yeah. Premier, remember the chocolate cake I fed you down in Florida? Yeah. I'm going to send you another cake uh, from Mar-a-Lago, but uh, today we're turning uh, North Korea into glass. Hoping there's no shrapnel shoots over to your country, but, you know, if it does, sorry. Uh, South Korea, uh, tell your people, uh, be careful, because if we miss one on the first round, Kim's probably going to set it off and kill a few people in in Seoul. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, but listen, tomorrow, you don't have to worry about it, because North Korea will be glass. And I, I have a feeling that if we do go into some kind of battle... At least the president in charge will let them finish the job. I hope that's the case. Because that's been a big problem uh, over the last uh, few battles we've had uh, around the globe where our leaders have not let us finish the job. And I know that was a, it's a big deal. We look back now in Iraq, we look back at World War II, we look back, I mean, we look back at all the battles of Vietnam. Uh, even Korea, for that matter. I mean, we're still, hello, this is what we're talking about. We should have finished the job. Instead of, here's a hand slap, and okay, now we'll we'll talk, okay? We'll talk now. Yeah, no. No, that's not what it's supposed to be about. Sorry. Sorry, it's not. House Majority Whip Steve Scalise discharged from the hospital this past week on Tuesday. He's now going to begin intensive inpatient rehabilitation. Boy, no kidding. He's probably got a long haul. The Louisiana Republican has made excellent progress in his recovery from his life-threatening gunshot wound six weeks ago. 
That's how fast things are moving. That was six weeks ago. It's almost like another lifetime ago, and it certainly isn't another lifetime for Steve. He is in good spirits and is looking forward to his return to work once he completes rehabilitation. He and his family are grateful for the care he received from the trauma team, as well as the other doctors, nurses, and staff of MedStar Washington Hospital Center. The family also appreciates the outpouring of prayers and support during his time. Well, we certainly wish him the best. And uh, President Trump uh, awarded two Capitol Police officers uh, the Presidential Medal of Valor uh, for heroic actions during the Scalise shooting and Special Agent Crystal Greiner, who is still on crutches as well, accepted the award for bravery and composure while engaged in an active shooter incident, all tying to the Scalise shooting. Also, we got news uh, this week. Uh, I know we hear from uh, our great president that uh, everything is wonderful and the world is a beautiful thing. But we also, we did get news that the U.S. coal exports, uh, according to all the data, shows that uh, they're through the roof. Uh, The coal exports are booming. So, good. 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 We also... uh, Got news from President Trump by yesterday. I would like to thank Reince Priebus for the service and dedication to his country. We accomplished a lot together. I am proud of him. He uh, named John Kelly the new White House Chief of Staff. Well, they has a revolving door at that White House these days. And the uh, we just heard at the top of the hour newscast that uh, Scaramucci... Uh, the fine man that he is, and there's some great stories about him this past week and his his mouth and his going after people off the record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, uh, communications director, um, here's the deal. You either don't say it or you make sure that you, hey, this is off the record, and then you can say what you want to say. But if you don't say Hey, this is off the record. It's probably going to be on the record. So when you say things about people that you're working with every day, trying to do things to themselves that most people can't do, um, you know, it's going to be an issue. By the way, we heard at the top of the hour news that uh, it's even, he's even become an issue for the wife. And uh, she says, I-, I want out. Look, he's, <laughs> I want out. A great guy. I'm just tired of him. Uh, tired of him just being about him, and uh, I'm sure that's. <laughs> I'm sure that's a. That feeling is a number of wives in the White House. I'm not saying who. I'm just saying from time to time you may see a wife have that look on their face, like, dear God. If I could get out of this marriage, I'd get out of it right now. I can't even stand to be standing here. I don't even want him to touch me. Now, I'm not saying who that is. I'm just saying that from time to time you see that on the television screen. And, of course, we had the big health care vote. Yes, Obamacare, Obamacare still intact. And if there was ever any doubt that politicians lie, 
that D.C. is full of cheaters and liars. The vote not to repeal Obamacare is all the proof you need. The big cancer-driven maverick, John McCain, who came back, the legend, the man, who campaigned on repealing Obamacare, who got back into office on repealing Obamacare, votes to save it. Give me a break, John. Give me a break. And we had President Trump talking to police officers in Brentwood, New York, yesterday. And he was all wound up about the MS-13 gangs. That's what he was there for. He had the people who had uh, who had their lives affected by these uh, by these thugs, these bums. Uh, but then he went on to, and I don't have a problem with him bad mouthing MS thirteen, and, and I don't have bad mouthing criminals at all. Uh, but then he went on to say, "It's essential that Congress fund another ten thousand ICE officers, and we're asking for that, so that we can eliminate MS thirteen and root out the criminal cartels from our country." Now we're getting them out anyway but would like to get them out a lot faster. And when you see these towns, and when you see these thugs being thrown into the back of a paddy wagon, you just see them thrown in, rough. I said, please don't be too nice. (laughs) Like when you guys put somebody in the car and you're protecting their head, you know, the way you put their hand over. He doesn't touch his hair here, he just puts his hand above Don't hit their head and they've just killed somebody, don't hit their head. I said, you can take the hand away, okay? (laughs) And the blues clap, yay, yay. <laughs> we, get to, we get to beat the crap out of potential criminals. <laughs> uh, you mean like, we can, it's like a TV show, remember with the bad cop, and he's, he's, the, he's the bad cop, and he's the good cop that we all love. I mean, we want to love him because he's such a good cop, and he, he saves us and stuff, but he gets so angry at the criminals that he, he just bashes the guy's head, head into the top of the police car when he's getting in. Oh, oh, sorry. And we love that police officer, that guy. Yeah, go ahead, Brentwood, New York. You do that, too. Agonizing. No, I'm not, I won't go any farther. I won't go any farther. Just know that it's agonizing. And yesterday, British baby Charlie Gard passed away one week before his first birthday. He was born on August 4th, 2016, seemingly healthy. Two months into his short life, his parents noticed his health was declining. They took him to London's Great Ormond Street Hospital for children in October, where he remained. Everyone at Great Ormond Street Hospital sends their heartfelt condolences to Charlie's parents and loved ones at this very sad time. Do they? He was diagnosed with mitochondrial DNA depletion syndrome, a rare inherited condition that causes muscle weakness and loss of motor skills. He was the 16th person ever to be diagnosed with the disease. Through their own research, Charlie's parents, Chris Gard and Connie Yates, found a doctor in the United States doing research on an experimental treatment. Then he was willing to treat Charlie. The doctor, Michio Hirano of New York's Columbia University Medical Center, 
The treatment used as part of Hirano's research has only been used on a couple of patients with a less severe form of the disorder. At the end of January, Charlie's parents launched a GoFundMe page to raise money to bring Charlie to the United States for that treatment. In three months, they exceeded $1.65 million. But the hospital stepped in and opposed this effort, stating that it was not in the best interest of their patient. In February, the hospital decided, based on Charlie's status, that treatment was unlikely to benefit Charlie. This is in February. Unable to agree, the hospital went to court to have a judge decide, hoping to be able to remove Charlie from life support. In April, the UK High Court ruled that it was in the infant's best interest for his treating clinicians to remove the ventilator, keeping him alive. That decision was then backed by the European Court of Human Rights in June, which ruled not to intervene in the case. And this was upheld by a British Supreme Court decision that the hospital could discontinue life support to Charlie and he could, be, he could not be transferred to the United States or elsewhere. Then the case went to the UK High Court last week after the hospital requested another hearing to consider new evidence relating to potential treatment for his condition. That new evidence came in part from Hirano, who testified that there was an 11% to 56% chance Charlie could show clinical significant improvement if treated. Now, Hirano came to London, evaluated Charlie, and spoke with those who had been treating him and other experts. And, of course, the world was watching. On Monday, this past Monday, Charlie's parents gave up the fight to take Charlie to the U.S. after new brain and muscle scans revealed their son had deteriorated and was therefore less likely to benefit from the experimental treatment while his doctors and parents battled in court. Too much time had passed. However, the court battle wasn't over yet. The hospital and parents found themselves in court once again this week. This time, Charlie's parents argued for the right to bring Charlie home from the hospital to die rather than the hospital or hospice. The hospital argued there were too many obstacles, including the unwillingness of any care provider to accompany Charlie. You're going to pull the plug. He's going to die. The disagreement focused on whether Charlie's ventilation tube should be withdrawn in the hospital, in the hospice, at home soon after the transfer, or at home after a period of days. On Thursday, with the hospital and Charlie's parents still at an impasse, the judges ordered to remove life support and move Charlie to hospice took effect. We just want some peace with our son. No hospital, no lawyers, no courts, no media. Just quality time with Charlie away from everything to say goodbye to him in the most loving way. That was the mother after the statement from the judge's order was given. Charlie Gard, less than a year old, passed away yesterday. 728 
17. Rest in peace, Charlie. To Charlie, we say mummy and daddy, we love you so much. We always have and we always will, and we are so sorry that we couldn't save you. Sweet dreams, baby. Sleep, sleep tight, our beautiful little boy. We love you. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The last press conference that the parents did for Charlie Gard was so amazing and so heartfelt and so saddening that I just want you to hear the end of it and realize what it took for them to reach this point. Rest in peace, Charlie Gard. To Charlie, we say mummy and daddy, we love you so much. We always have and we always will, and we are so sorry that we couldn't save you. Sweet dreams, baby. Sleep, sleep tight, our beautiful little boy. We love you. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. That it is. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, and Instagram at JeffyMRA. Now, I know that, uh, you know, over the years we've uh, discussed uh, how I struggle with being overweight. And, uh, you know, it's just part of my life. But as I'm scrolling through, thinking to myself, you know, I want to, you know, it's Saturday. You and I want to get together, chat. We don't want to be too serious uh, through the entire broadcast. And I see that uh, in 62 days, one hour, 24 minutes, and zero seconds, as of right then, the Texas State Fair opens. Now, the Texas State Fair. Like any fair, any state fair around the country is, uh, you know, famous for uh, different foods that they uh, that they provide during the fair. In fact, last year during Pat and Stew, we went out there and and ate some of the some of the fair food. Uh, and I would I would say that most of the fair food is nasty, <laughs> nasty, nasty, nasty. I mean, look, I know that I'm 800 pounds. Uh, today, I'm sorry. Today, I cut back a little bit this week. So today, I'm 795, uh, just under 800. And uh, so, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to get my life back. And uh, I know that. And I know that, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a great eater. I, I, you know, but a lot of the fair food, a lot of that deep fried stuff. Whew. Like where we made the mistake last year. 
when we went for patents too. We got there. We were so hungry. That was a mistake. So when they first brought us the powdered red velvet thing, I mean, it was so good. And we couldn't stop eating it. So then we became kind of full. So then by the time we got to the the other nasty deep fried stuff, it was not good at all. And I have a feeling that after a while, you know, when you start deep frying stuff, the, the fried juice gets dirty. So you start getting that nasty fried juice. But this year, uh, there's new Big Tech's Choice Awards for new foods at the fair. And I don't know that I can do very many of these. Beer battered beef jerky? Oof. I mean, maybe. Cajun fried deviled eggs? No, thank you. Crawfish lollipop? Oof. Deep fried bacon wrapped mozzarella with jalapeno ranch? Oof. I don't know. The deep fried bacon wrapped mozzarella sounds pretty good, but not with the jalapeno ranch. Deep fried breakfast cupcake. Okay. I mean, maybe I could do that, maybe. Deep fried chicken noodle soup on a stick. <laughs> I mean, I would try that just because it's, you know, chicken noodle soup on a stick. Deep fried Fruit Loops, maybe. The problem happens, though, what happens is, and I find this out at the donut shops that put cereal on the top of the donuts. Not that I've had several, but the cereal goes stale, and most places don't care. They just put it on top of the donut anyway. And if you're going to be using the cereal, make sure it's fresh. So hopefully the deep fried Fruit Loops will have fresh Fruit Loops. Because of a stale Fruit Loops is going to ruin the whole thing. Deep fried Reuben. Oof. Oh, I don't know. Deep fried root beer float with dragon's breath. I mean, that doesn't sound bad. I might be able to do that. Dreamy, drunken, sopapilla cheesecake bar. I don't know. Uh, fat Smooth. Or is that a bar? Is it the name of a jazz band? Fat Smooth tonight. Fried Arrows Conpolit. No, thank you. Fried Cheesecake Stuffed Apple Sunday. Oh, that might be good. Fried El Paso. We're frying an entire city. Fried Mango Loco. No, thank you. Although, you know, mangoes aren't bad. Fried Redneck Wedding Cake Balls. Ooh, I wonder what that is. I wonder what redneck wedding cake balls is. If you have to ask, you don't want to know. Fried sloppy Joe flaunt us with nacho fries. And it's N-O-T-C-H-O, fries. Fried Texas dirt. I mean, I'm guessing that it's not real dirt, so it might be good. Fried Texas sheet cake. I mean, okay. Funnel cake bacon queso burger. No, thank you. Gulf Coast fish bowl. Oreo beer. Oh, no, thank you. Pinwa popcorn. No. Pinwa popcorn. No, thank you. 
I don't care how you say it. You know, I'm not eating it. Raymond Grasshopper Cookie. Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Oh, yeah. I don't care how you say it. I'm not, I'm not eating it. Okay? I don't care. You can tell me how to say it all you want. I'm not eating it. Southern Fried Chicken Monte Cristo. What is it? Pinot Noir? What pisses me off? I didn't know. Pinot. What is it? Pinot Noir Popcorn. Is that right? Is that what it is? What is it? Turn your mic on. Tell me what the hell it is. It's Pinot Noir. Yeah, that's right. That's what, I, that's what I said. Southern Fried Chicken Monte Cristo. No, thank you. Surfin' Turfin' Tater Boat. Texas Fajita Fries. Maybe. Texas Fried Cowboy Fritters. Maybe. The Tamale Donut. No. Tipsy Topsy Catfish on a Stick. These are the semifinalists? No, thank you. I don't even want the pinot nor popcorn. Never liked that pinot nor stuff. That's nasty. That's some nasty stuff right there. I think we're sticking, you know, just the. No, just give me some red velvet funnel cake with some some sugar sprayed on it. Okay, I'm good with that. I mean, what's on this list that could that's actually edible? Beer battered beef jerky. I mean, you might be able to try it. Nasty Cajun fried deviled eggs. No, thank you. If you if they would make the deep fried bacon wrapped mozzarella without the jalapeno, no. <laughs> I feel like no, 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 no. with jalapeno ranch. No, you get rid of the jalapeno ranch. Ooh, nasty. I can't even say it. This some of the stuff is just. Why would you eat it? I mean, I get the whole. Oh, we're going to make something different for the fair. Are you? Are you? And they better they better lock down those rides at the fair this year. <laughs> Man. You know, I heard the story about the the fair in, in Ohio, right? The the carnival in Ohio and, and horrific. And you always think about that. I mean, I love those rides. And I love them. And it's been a while because most of them don't have fat guy seating. So, you know, they look at you like, nope. <laughs> I put the kids up there. You ain't getting done this thing. Uh, so, you know, I haven't ridden them in quite some time. However, I love them. And I, I love them all. And, I, you know, it was a horrific story in Ohio uh, about the, the, the ride breaking and, and flying off. But I hadn't seen the footage until yesterday morning. I was in, I was in the makeup room getting ready for the, the radio show. And they, ha- they actually, you know, they showed the footage. And I kind of avoided the footage, which is unlike me. I was in the middle of... of of doing some other work, and I didn't want to be distracted by footage of people flying through the air dying. And uh, I, I was, wow! I mean, horrific. Horrific. And you know, I know they're showing all the paperwork, and it was, it was signed off on, it was inspected, was it? I mean... I mean, I hope it was for everyone's safety, but I got to believe it. Yep, that one looks good. Go on, set it up. Check it off. 50 bucks. Yep, that one looks good. I mean, I hope not. I hope not. And now, definitely not for a while, right? I mean, they're going to be inspecting every nut and bolt of the whole damn thing. As well, they should. 
as well they should. But are you going on those rides now this year? Or are you going to say, you know what? Maybe we'll go over and have some of that pin out in air popcorn. <laughs> go ahead. This is the Blaze Radio Network. Get me out of here. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. But you should do it. I'm talking to you right now. Look in the mirror. Look at yourself and think, do it. So there was a story from Inside Edition, and I haven't watched Inside Edition in quite some time. In fact, I was on Inside Edition at one point in my life. They uh, snuck around and had me. I was one of the few people that uh, bought the pool filter that was non, uh, what's the stuff you put in your pool? Uh, yeah this was a a non-chlorine filter that the company was selling and uh and i thought i thought it was a cool thing so i bought it but i actually they lied to me when they sold it to me and it never really worked um and they lied to me saying that it was all part that disney was using it it was at the disney hotels and so inside edition came and filmed there's footage out there somewhere there you go. You can go look for it. There's footage out there somewhere. I've forgotten all about this of me cleaning my pool and showing them the, the, the little, the little one piece of chlorine that you with no chlorine, but this is chlorine inside edition. And the guy, I mean, he was relentless inside edition. And he, he called my, he called my, I don't know how he got my information. He called and Next thing I know we're pulling in the driveway from going out to dinner and here's the van. Arr! I mean, they're relentless, man. They were getting this footage no matter what. It was really, really funny. And it wasn't funny for me because I bought an inferior product, okay? But I actually, you know, at the time, when I, I think if I, I think it was working at the time when they showed up. It's been so long. I think it actually was working. But he was pissed that, they were saying that was no chlorine, but you did use just a chlorine pellet in the skimmer. I'm trying to remember how the system worked. So, like, it was no chlorine, but there really was a little chlorine. So it was like, and it promises no chlorine. And he dips his hand down in my skimmer and pulls out the pellet. But this is chlorine. You know, this is the big inside edition scam. It was pretty funny. Anyway, that was thousand years ago man Oof, i just remembered that and i'm serious about being relentless. this guy and he called and i was like nah hey don't worry about it we're not gonna be home well when are you gonna be home i don't know click at that time we still had you know you still had the hard line so he's calling the house and uh man when we came back from dinner seriously it was almost like well we'll just pull in the driveway back from dinner ah! there's the van tv cameras are out of the van guys are hauling the 
the shoulder cams out. He's got his microphone out. Jeff. Okay. <laughs> okay, I got it. It's a non-chlorine pool system. You got to get the you got to get the segment in. Okay, I got it. <laughs> so, anyway, inside edition. Fine institution of television broadcasting. Uh, decided that they were going to check and see if hotel rooms actually clean their sheets like they say. Now, I would venture to say that it doesn't take inside edition to say that, you know, I would say most do, right? If they don't, you'd kind of think maybe it was uh, it was the worker, right? So inside edition, are we seriously at the top of the hour? Because I've got some great hotel stories. We're going to get to this next hour then. I can't, I can't believe this hour is over already. Seriously, I can't believe this hour is over. And we have a get. I must I must be stoned on the peanut noir. Peanut, what is it? Peanut, peanut noir popcorn. Because um, we've got a guest coming up at the top of next hour. Uh, my man David Slater, the monkey selfie guy, who I'm fascinated to talk to. I want to find out how he's doing, see if he's still taking pictures again, or if PETA, those bastards, have shut him down and pretty much made his family homeless. We're going to talk to him. We got to get back to the hotel cleaning, though, because I got to tell you about uh, uh, some of my experiences and what you need to do to save yourself. Because there's bed, I mean, bed bugs are everywhere. Fire stations in South Carolina have got bed bugs. There's bed bugs everywhere. And there's ways that you can help yourself to not have this issue, especially in the summertime when you're traveling, but anytime that you are using hotel rooms. But in the summertime, you know, when it's hot. And bed bugs are thriving, especially in South Carolina. I mean, I don't know. I had a I had a roach crawl across me in South Carolina. Now, you want to talk about being awake? You want to talk about being awake? You're half asleep in in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, and a cockroach crawls across you. I don't care what time it is. You are awake. Look at. I'd seriously, we'll talk about the bed bugs. Right? Because you'll never guess what Inside Edition found out inside these hotel rooms. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, and um, is that another one? Oh, yeah, Instagram. Now, there's a Snapchat out there, too, somewhere. I never can remember my my Snapchat, so just, you know, look for it. Snap funny pictures of yourself and send them to me. So, at the end of last hour, I got tied up and I lost track of time, and I was talking about the 
the Story Inside Edition uh, did on the hotels. Now, Inside Edition went into these hotels, and they booked a room, and then they marked the sheets, all right? And then they checked in the next night under different names to see if the sheets had been changed. Now, at each hotel when the first Inside Edition investigator checked into the room, they laid the large stencil on the bed sheets and sprayed the stencil. Now, they sprayed it with what they're calling the harmless washable fluorescent paint with the words, I slept here, <laughs> that you could only see in the UV light. Now, of course, they, they came back and uh, three of the nine, it is a nine different hotels. Now, three of the nine, three of the nine didn't change the sheets. And of course, the managers all responded with, oh, we expect them to change every day. That's our policy. Get Mary down here. Get the head of housekeeping down here. Okay. But that's not a good thing. Okay. Now, I was told a long time ago, and at the end of the story here on the Inside Edition story, the news story, they try to tell you, hey, when you first check in, ask maid service to bring you an extra set of sheets, then change the, the mystery ones to the fresh ones. And this might sound crazy, but many people do it. Bring your own sheets from home. Uh, you know, I'm not bringing my own sheets from home. The point of going to the hotel is so that they provide that. However, I was told a long time ago from, a, from our, our bug man in Tampa, Florida, that bug and plant man, Florida gardening host, that when he goes, when he travels, goes and checks into the hotel, goes up into the hotel room, rips all the sheets off the bed so that he can check for bed bugs and uh, all the pillowcases off, everything, rips them all off and tosses them out in the hallway, calls housekeeping and says he wants a brand new set of sheets and comforters and pillowcases for the beds brought up. So if he finds the bed bugs, he checks out. And if there's no bed bugs, then he has clean sheets and pillowcases. I mean, that's the thing to do, right? That is the thing to do. And I know that, uh, you know, people, now they're trying to, if you're, I guess if you're there, I don't mind it so much if I've checked into the place and I know they're clean. And it's been, you know, you're there for two or three days. You don't really, I don't necessarily like housekeeping in and out of the hotel room all the time. That's what they're there for. But I like them there when I'm there. So that they can do their duties when I'm there. So if you don't change them for a couple of days when they're clean to begin with, you know, I'm okay with that. And the whole use the towels again, like you're, you know, like you use a towel at the house for a couple of times and then you wash it. Now you know, that's the whole point of going to the hotel. You want fresh, clean towels. That's the hotel experience. And so, here's a little Jeff Fisher uh, tidbit for you. What you can do is you just kind of keep an eye when housekeeping is cleaning. And so, you you know, that way if, they, if you think they're going to charge you for extra towels or whatever, uh, when they go in the room and they're in the bathroom cleaning, you just go by, the, go by the roller and deep pocket two or three extra towels for your room. Head down to your room. And then you've got some extra towels for the room. You can ask for them. 
I don't have a problem with that. I mean, if you want to feel, if you want to call housekeeping and say bring me some extra towels, no problem. But sometimes the hotels are now that uh, you're going to use fresh towels extra. We provide four. If you're going to use extra, we're going to charge you for that. So if they're going to charge you for it, I mean, you might as well borrow some from the from the cleaning crew's cart, right? Right. In this story, though, it tells you this. Numerous studies reveal that homeowners should be washing their sheets once a week or so. They throw in that or so. That or so means every three days or a week and a half, two weeks. Homeowners should be washing their sheets once a week or so. Microbiologist and pathologist at New York University School of Medicine outlines what's hiding in your bed sheets. You have spores of fungi, bacteria, animal dander, pollen, soil, lint, finishing agents or whatever the sheets are made from, coloring material, all sort of excrements from the body, including sweat. (laughs) I'll tell you what. um, Stores across America, and especially here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, um, you can be counting on seeing me sometime today. I'll be purchasing some new sheets and some new blankets because all of mine are gone. <laughs> Have a nice day. Uh, they'll be washed, cleaned. I want new sheets. I want I want new blankets. I want new pillows. <laughs> I want it all. I want it all because yeah, I usually don't think about it, so it's okay. You know, I know we've been sick in the house, so we've been washing the sheets and washing the pillowcases. and We've had the plague running through the house for the past couple of weeks. And so, you know, you're wiping down doorknobs and you're washing all the sheets and pillows and, and all that kind of stuff. But when you start thinking about the fungi, bacteria, pollen, soil, lint, coloring material, and excrements from the body, I mean, it's time for new sheets. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And I know that started with uh, the bed bugs in South Carolina. But, uh, I mean, South Carolina, woof, that place. I stayed, in, I stayed in Columbia. We were there for a conference, a, uh, a uh, Amber Alert conference at the University of South Carolina. And I was there with, you know, all these news people. And um, so we were staying at some, some hotel that they lined up for us. And uh, I'm not kidding you, man. Like at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm laying there half asleep, and I feel something crawl across my chest. Bro, I am awake. Awake! Up! What the hell was that? And I moved the night table, the chair, the stool, turned on the lights. I hunted that son of a gun down. Okay, and I'm telling you, he was pretty good size, but he wasn't bigger than my size 13. I still couldn't get back to sleep. Still couldn't get back to sleep. All right, so 
couple weeks ago, I told you about a story out of uh, out of the UK and here in the United States as well, uh, as it reached uh, across the pond about the uh, the monkey selfie case and PETA issuing their press release and uh, how the photographer uh, Davis Slater has been uh, struggling since the case took place. Now, in 2015, people for the ethical treatment of animals, who I'm beginning to, PETA is getting, becoming some of my worst people in my life, filed a suit against Mr. Slater on behalf of the monkey. It determined that it identified as, it, it identified the six-year-old male claiming the animal was the rightful owner of David's picture. David Slater, photographer of Monkey Selfie, his picture joins us on the Jeff Fisher broadcast. Hello, David. How are you, sir? Hello. I'm very fine. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on today. So, David, this has been going on now for two, three years. Uh, you took the uh-huh. pic- you took the picture in what 14, 2013, 2014? Mm, well, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's 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 longer ago than that. It's uh, it hit the news in two thousand eleven. Wow! So it, went, it, it went viral that long ago. Wow! Now, before we get anywhere with uh, finding out where the story is at and what's happened and what's happened, I just want to get your okay right off the bat that I can use that for my for my Twitter profile. <laughs> <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> so, David, walk us through a little bit of what what happened and and what's been happening just over a picture that you had set up so that the monkeys could take pictures of themselves. Well, um, yeah, like you say, it was in 2015, almost two years ago now. Wow. Um, I'd been battling for the since 2011. Actually, I've been battling for um, four years to try and get Wikipedia to take this image down off their website. Oh, I'd send them takedown requests, etc. Because once it's on Wikipedia, it's free for all the world to use as ever they wish. Um, and the reason that they were given, that they decided amongst themselves that they were going to put this picture up there for free for everyone, was because the monkey pressed the button. And because monkeys can't hold copyright, it would be free for everybody. Now, ah. try as I could, I could not get them to take it down. That's and obviously, sometime in this period, an animal rights group, as you say, PETA, yeah. were obviously churning this over in the head and saying, well, actually, if the monkey pressed the button, surely the monkey can have copyright. It's his, it's his copyright. It's his copyright. And, and maybe we can get you get, get, get hold of this monkey. We'll go out to the uh, rainforest where I photographed this monkey, identify the monkey from, uh, from the photograph, which they did with the aid of a primatologist. Did they, um, did they identify the correct monkey? <laughs> well, that, well, that's another twist of this story. Um, <laughs> I, I insist not. So, so it, it, you know, it, it's bizarre to begin with. Um, they get this monkey. They, they uh, get a big law firm um, that represents Petter. They're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on this case um, just to get me in court on a, on, a, on, a, on a bigger agenda that they've always had, and that's to grant animals the same rights as humans amazing all right so um now let's jump forward to uh not too long ago uh we moved across to uh because peter issued their statement talking about uh is pleased with the robust discussion of this historic case in which it's calling it is undisputed 
Uh, and <laughs> then, <laughs> right. And uh, the right, proceeds, right. they're saying, of course, the proceeds from the use of these photos should go to protect uh, Naruto and his family. Uh, uh-huh. But because of all this, um, because of all this coverage, uh, even with just the selfie picture, um, the people had really cut back on using the meat from the monkeys, had they not? <laughs> I think they're starting to stab themselves in the back and doing the, the monkey population over there a great disservice at the moment. Right. Right. And I'm sure yeah. that, I mean, I'm sure in the end, I'm sure that's all, all PETA cares about. So you, David, mm-hmm. you've become what, uh, multi-millionaire over this picture? <laughs> no, I feel as though I own multi-millions to uh, attorneys and help that I've had and registrations trying to protect this copyright. Um, it's taken a lot of, of stress and, and, and time to spring over this. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite of a millionaire. Wow. And so no one, and opposite of a millionaire means that you're, you're struggling over this one photograph thanks to, uh, yeah. well, I don't want to say PETA and Wikipedia now because they, Wikipedia was the one who started the... Well, yeah, they're the, they're, they're the people who I really um, point the gun at at the moment. They started all this. They still won't back down. They're forever updating the page called, on the monkey selfie page on Wikipedia. Never getting around to facts. I'm constantly trying to make people that the monkey took my unattended camera, ran off with it, and took this picture all by itself, which is patently untrue. So I how did you get... Seems to, yeah, go on. Everybody seems to think, realize now from the media when people actually uh, talk to me, which is something Wikipedia haven't done, that I set the camera up on a tripod. You know, I set all the dials. All I got the monkey to do was press the button. But and Wikipedia won't have any of it. How long were you out there? I mean, was this the goal to get these monkeys to yeah. start taking pictures of themselves and the family and that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, after 15 years or so, I've, I've been dedicating my photography career towards conservation. So it was a, a trip that I took for a month long. It was funded by myself. Nobody's employing me. It's, it's the risk that photographers take. Right. Hopefully you can do the conservation bit and highlight the plight of various animals. And, and there's plenty of them in Sulawesi. Um, and hopefully you'll generate an income that, that keep, keeps you going. Right. Keeps you in the job. Yeah, it was amazing how that, how that works. But it only yeah. works if Wikipedia and PETA leave you alone. Yeah. Um, as soon as Wikipedia stole this, and they actually made a big song and dance about it. They, they, they gave press releases to the world's press over the two years, mainly. There, there's an old network of, of websites that support the, the, this agenda of diminishing copyright and, and making all the content on the Internet free. They were, use, they were using my image, completely ruining my income. So I was actually sort of getting very dis- desperate about my uh, career because of Wikipedia, getting all the law team together, which wasn't easy in the UK. Nothing's, nothing's cheap. Right. And then on 2015, I get this extra burden of a monkey coming along and suing me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm already fighting one massive battle and then and get landed on by this most bizarre battle you can probably ever think of. That, okay, so now... Uh, the, the the judges have pretty much ruled, right? There's no way for it, the monkey to acquire or hold money. There's no loss of <laughs> reputation. So, I mean, um, is is it over? I don't think so. Um, you've got to remember, people need to, to understand that in, in 2016, the monkey went to a federal court in, in San Francisco, and the judge threw it out, saying that monkeys can't sue. Right. Uh, the monkey appealed. He didn't like that decision. <laughs> Um, went to the appeals court, and the, 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 there was three judges on the panel, um, 
not this Wednesday gone, the week, Wednesday before, and they didn't give a verdict. They're, they're, they're resting on it. They're, they're, I don't know when they'll, they'll, they'll decide whether the monkey gets the copyright or I do. They're resting on it. Interesting. They're deliberating, yeah. And, and do, they, do they, they give you no time on when their deliberation may be done? No, my attorney is as clueless as everybody else. He, he, just, he just tells me it, it, it'd probably be a month at the, at the soonest, but maybe three or four months away still. He doesn't know. Isn't that special? Isn't it? Isn't that special? So now what, David? What are you doing? I mean, I know you said you're struggling. Are you? Are you? Uh, are you still working? You're still trying to set up, uh, do do some jobs and make some money, or are you? Uh, you yeah, left. Yeah. Uh, um, you left taking the government for some cash. <laughs> well, I sort of. It, it, it's been really exhausting just trying to keep my uh, motivation to do photography anymore, um, and, and with the diminishing. Uh, fees that you get from from the images that I already have in many libraries across the world. Um, yeah, I think photographers like like me are having to look for other ways to earn a living. And one yeah. of the ways I'm looking at now is becoming a tennis coach. And uh, as it's been reported in some of the media in the UK, I am actually considering doing dog walking as well. <laughs> <laughs> but simply just to get I mean, my camera in my hand again and get out into the countryside. Right. I mean, uh, you know, why not? My interest again, yeah, yeah. Right. Why not? Instead of just uh, you know sitting uh, sitting around crying about the monkey. So when we get news on uh, what happens with the monkey, I'd love to talk to you, David, because oh, I, I well, am, I'm, I'm I'm sure everybody will get to know. I'm sure it'll be in the media. My gosh, I'm, they, I'm, they I'm, do, I'm, Will, and please call me back. Yeah, I'm so on your side. It's unbelievable. These people are disgusting, uh, fighting over a, a monkey's right like this. So well, where I mean, how much are the attorneys just holding all this for you, hoping that Pete is going to end up having to pay the pay the deal, yeah. and you're just you're just hoping that that happens yeah yeah i mean there's there's two lots of attorneys uh, involved there's there's my personal attorney andrew dewey um so yes he, he's he's fairly confident that uh, he'll get his fees paid via petter good um, but there's no guarantee of that apparently no guarantee it's down to the judge's discretion and well, there's another um, law firm as well that, that's the book publisher that I, I did a book called wildlife personalities um and they got them up in court for for reproducing the photograph that naruto claims it took that is almost unbelievable. I hope that your attorneys and you milk PETA for every dime that joint has. It, it is a shame because obviously there are some things that uh, me and Pet could, could have agreed on had they have talked to me in the first place. Yeah, you were doing it for the conservation going. of the animals. I was. I know. That's it's the massive irony of all of this. And um, yeah, this is why I think they really have stabbed themselves in the foot. And um, I just hope they learn not to pull any of these stunts anymore. David Slater uh, from the UK, thank you very much, David. I appreciate your time, and uh, I'd love to talk to you again when this all gets resolved one way or the other. Uh, I'd love to, too. Thank you very much. Thanks, David. I appreciate it. Jeff Fisher Show, Blaze Radio Network. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I I just said that. Um, to help and try to provide information and try to provide, let people know a warning shot that these monkeys needed to be taken care of and that we needed to help them. And yet, no, it wasn't enough for PETA. We're going to bring down, we're going to bring down the man because the monkey needs to have the right for the pictures. Absolutely. Agonizing, agonizing. So I'm looking through, um, 
I'm looking through my Pinterest page. Yes, my Pinterest page. And I uh, see that uh, there are uh, a big list of conversation starters. And I think, do we need conversation starters? And so then I start looking through what they're telling me to stay for conversation starters. And I think, well, there's got to be, you know, better lines than that, right? Or maybe they're not lines. They're just things to say, hello. What if you're at a cocktail party you're wandering around and you've got to find ways to start conversations with people. Oh, yeah. We'll be doing that in the next half hour because I'm here to help. That's what the show is. The show is, I mean, if anything, you think of the Jeff Fisher Radio Show on the Blaze Radio Network, you think, man, that show helps me. I know. I know. You're welcome. And I'm going to continue that as the show progresses today. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. I, I was going to do the conversation starters, but I can't find the conversation starters, so now I've just got to sit in the corner and, and sip wine. Wait, oh, maybe that's it. Hold on. Yes. Okay. It was on my Pinterest page. Underneath, I got to see if you notice. You notice this was, uh, I have uh, some, I have my boards that you can pin on in your Pinterest. I don't know if you're, you know, if you have a Pinterest page. But uh, uh, you, what you do is you create boards. And then you pin the stories you like in whatever board it represents for you. And I have, you know, I've got, you know, the house, and funny stuff. I only have one in my under funny. And it shows, it shows uh, two birds. Um, and it was under uh, underneath the cat underneath the cartoon the drawing it says overeating snacking craving or feeling too much hunger and it shows two birds and it's got one light bird on the closest on a limb closest to the tree and it says how's your diet doing and on the outer limb is a bird and the limb is bent way down cuz the bird is really fat and the caption is f you <laughs> that's funny stuff i don't care who you are anyway the uh, then there's you know I have house and I have health and then I have you know then I have help and I have shots and I have great ideas and sport and I have behind closed doors which is a private oh yeah you can't see behind closed doors oh yeah okay that's one of my favorite pins and. Of course, that's where my 34 conversation starters were. But I also have, now these conversation starters are supposed to be, you know, if you're trying to be out, uh, you know, you're, let's say you're out with your wife or your girlfriend or 
you know, someone that you have a relationship with already. All right. And then there's also the conversation starters that are for when you're trying to, you know, take care of a little business at night. Either one, though. I mean, when you're out at the, when you're out, uh, you know, you're at a little party. I mean, if, if we're going to be at a party, don't we need some kind of music for the party? I mean, I've got to have, give me some, I don't know, some kind of, some kind of cocktail drinking hand, handy snack parties. Pigs in a blanket are uh, table number three. It's the kind of that's the kind of cocktail party I'm at. Beer in the ice tubs in the back. Hey, where do you want to live when we retire? I mean, come on. Yes, I'd like a little cracker with some of that nasty penoa. Yeah, that's what I want. Where do you see yourself in five years, babe? Hey, you know, describe me in three words. These are all conversation starters, you know, for the party. things on your bucket list. Now, these are actually sad. What do you think the greatest strength of our relationship is? I'd love one of those. Those shrimps are dark. You know, what's your favorite family tradition? Describe your worst haircut when you're standing here. You know, trying to start a conversation. All right, that, this is these, these are these are just for couples, though. But see, I'm here to help. Now, the, those particular conversation starters are for, for you and the wife. You know, you're out and you haven't talked in a while, and the kids have always bugged you. You finally got some clean sheets at the house. And you're talking to the wife. And, hey, you know, I was wondering, what are the two things on your, on your bucket list, baby? your favorite childhood memory was. All right, that's enough of the relationship stuff. I want to talk, I want to talk about picking up. I want to be, you're out and about, and you're having, you're at the cocktail party. Start, give me some music again. Let's start it again. We're at the party, and you're not, this is, this is for those of you that aren't, you know, 
in a relationship, but you're looking for a little, little romance. Oh, now I'm going to be singing this. Tell you all. Yes, I. Do. What am I going to sing? I know the words to all of me. All of me. Why not take all of me? Classic. You're kidding me? This is a standard. Anyway. Yes, I. I'll take some more of those pigs in the blanket over here, okay? And I'm here single tonight. That's why they're playing all of me. Hi. Man, I really like your energy, so I had to come over and say hi. <laughs> Conversation starters, you know, for the romance. Oh, you're so beautiful. I can write volumes on you. Still have things left to say. Oh. You're not going anywhere with that one, just so you know. Hey. How do you describe my scent? I don't think you're going anywhere with that one here either. Alright. Oh. Yes, I want another shrimp, please. Thanks some more of that Benny, Benny Wild. You know, that drink there in the glass. Hi. You have a great outlook, so I wanted to come over and meet you. You have an amazing, incredible, wonderful sense of humor. I can tell that from across the the most romantic thing a man has done for you. I was so worried I wasn't going to have fun tonight. Yet here you are. Hi. Do you think there's a difference between romance, love, sex, If love only had wings, I would soar the sky up high, just you and me. All the diamonds existing in the world look so dull in front of your beauty. That's, you're going nowhere with that one. They're going to look at you like... Aren't you the same guy that asked me how's my scent? That's what they're saying to you for that stuff, okay? Hi. I was wondering, what is your definition of intimacy? Going nowhere with that one, I'll guarantee you that. 
My definition of intimacy is you getting the hell away from me. You know, when I look at you, I can't see the world, but just you. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So how's your income doing? Making any cash? Everybody happy with what they're making for their salary? And you think to yourself, you know what? I'm so tired of going to the bank every day and saying, hey, listen, is there a way that I can stop the money coming from in my into my account? Because I just, I'm tired of counting it. I'm tired of trying to remember what's in there. Just if you could stop putting money into my account today, that'd be great. Any of you out there saying that? Raise your hand if you are. Nobody raising their hand. Well, you should move to Chicago and move to the state, great state of Illinois. Rahm Emanuel Chicago now pays out more six-figure incomes than the state government. Truck drivers, tree trimmers, street light repair workers earned six figures. The city paid out $283 million in overtime to 1,000 employees, pocketing more than forty grand apiece. You should move to Chicago. But then there's, you know, this, the entire state as well. Um, Illinois, 8,640 state of Illinois employees. Uh, One particular contractual worker at the newly created Department of Innovation and Technology uh, makes uh, $258,000. I'm sorry, $258,070. There are the barber and the teacher of barbering those are at the state prisons. They make more than a hundred grand each. Uh, Loretha Coleman, a nurse at the Department of Corrections, made two hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars. I'm sorry, two hundred and fifty-four thousand seven hundred and eighty-one dollars. Eight thousand eight hundred and seventeen small-town city and village employees, including eighty-four municipal managers. Out-earning the governor. The governor makes $180,000 at the great state of Illinois. Uh, Lawrence Hillman, city manager for Glenview, makes $297,988. City manager for Grays Lake, $264,486. 
Lake Forest, $255,247. Libertyville, $254,428. Northbrook, $250,248. Now, don't worry yourself. Because Illinois is in great shape. Oh, wait, weren't we just doing a story about Illinois being broke and not being able to pay their bills? And then there were some lottery winners that weren't getting their money. Um, because, let's see, why are they why are they not able to pay their bills? Uh, some Illinois K-12 through schools are spiking salaries and padding pensions. 30,000 teachers and administrators earned $100,000 plus incomes. However, just 20,295 of those educators are currently employed. The other 9,305 are retired. That's a good gig. That's a, a really, really good gig. I'm happy to be retired and, yeah, pay me 100 grand a year. You know, I might be able to survive. I might be able to get by. There's some great, uh, some great jobs. And when you stop this, when it's mostly overtime, and uh, you say, hey, we've got to cut all this overtime and we're not going to be able to do this. You're working for a salary. That's it. And it looks like we're going to be able to change those light bulbs in the city this week. Going to be awful dark. Not going to be able to get to those in my 40-hour work. Boy, wish we could, though. Hey, be careful with no lights on your... You'll hit the potholes. I mean, doomed. Doomed. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Out of me. Why not? I, I was singing that stupid song. And uh, now I find, I remember an old album, yes, an album, with uh, by Chucka Khan. She's doing these standards, and that's one of them that she does. Now, of course, the YouTube has an alternative take. It's not from the album, the first one that I find, but it's still all of me, Chucka Khan. I mean, that could be your earworm of the day from Jeff Fisher Radio Program. You're welcome. Last week was that stupid song. I don't want to say it because if it gets in my head again. <laughs> What was it again? I, did, I, I was, I, I, my, Chris, my, my board operator slash, I mean, wannabe producer. Um, he was, he's hollering at me that it was in his head all week. Seriously, I cannot even remember the song now, so it's a good thing. Because it was in my head all week long. Till about Wednesday. Till about Wednesday, then it went away. And, and then at uh, Wednesday, on Wednesday it was uh, it was 
it was from it was Queen from Scaramucci because all I could think of was Scaramucci, Scaramucci, you do the Fandango, Thunderbolt and Lightning, very very frightening. It was just the whole the whole Queen thing. Now he mentioned in my ear the title of the stupid song, and I'm trying to let it go because of <laughs> you bastard. Seriously. My God, I wish I had some power around here because he would be gone. <laughs> he would be gone. But I got no power, so it doesn't matter. So I'm looking at this website. No, another one. And it's got the rankings of all 50 states. And I think, hey, you know, those always fascinate me. And I see that it's not clickbait. It's actually I log on to the story and it's got the list of the states, which perhaps the website should learn something and put each state as a. As hey, click on this, and you get 50 more clicks. But it's not clickbait. It's just a story. And they're ranking all the states. And these two guys talk about ranking the states based on everything. Uh, Contributions to America, inventions, food, drink, famous people, unique physical beauty. And uh, that'd be fascinating. Take a look. I mean, I've lived in a few states in America. I I don't know how many I've lived in now. One. Florida, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Texas. I guess that's it. That's all I've lived in. Been to a bunch more. I haven't been to all of them yet, but I've been to a, pretty close to all of them. But those, right? Those are the five that I've actually, I've actually had a, a roof over my head, whether it be a cardboard box or not. Right? Michigan. Florida, Jersey, which was a tremendous, in, in Weehawken, New Jersey, right there at the beginning of the Lincoln Tunnel, looking across the river to Manhattan. It was actually kind of a cool apartment. And um, Pennsylvania, Texas. Yeah, that's right. Lived in five of them. So then, I thought, all right, well, I'll check it out. Let's see what the ranking is. All right, we'll take a look. We'll see what it is. And we open it up. The 50, the worst state. Florida. I, I could not disagree more. Florida is not the worst state in the union. It is not. Even though I've lived there, it is not the worst state in the union. I apologize. And then it goes to Delaware. Now, Delaware, you know, they there are explanations for each state, which, you know, obviously I'm not going to give you an explanation for each state because I don't agree with them. But Delaware, dogfish head is one of the most enduring jokes from Wayne's world, and that about covers it. Even people from Delaware don't really fight back. <laughs> when you make fun of Delaware, they really don't fight back. Now, I've been to Delaware a couple of times, and isn't that where Opelka lives? I think Opelka lives in Delaware. Sad. Anyway, the uh, I mean, I've been through the state of Delaware. And I mean, for, it's a blink of an eye. It's about as big as, I don't know, the city I live in now in Texas. Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex is about the size of Delaware. I mean, the airport, right? I mean, DFW International is as big as Manhattan. And Delaware can't be much bigger than that. So, seriously, Delaware is probably about as big as the Metroplex that, that I'm living in now. And it's, uh, you know, I... I I remember the first time I drove through Delaware thinking, oh, this is Delaware. And then I was out of the state. 
So, I mean, there's that. Now, 48th, this state, and I could be biased because I was raised to hate this state from uh, Michigan. This is the first state I lived in. Because I was born there, stupid. Ohio, 48th. Now, that should be the last state. That should be number 50. There should be no question, Ohio. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I know, you know, there's a lot of people from Ohio that listen to the network and listen to this show, and I, I love you. Thank you very much. But it's still Ohio. 47, Arizona. The inevitable answer to any question that starts with, where do those nice retired people meet on that river cruise live? <laughs> Arizona, also the home to, home to golf pros playing the web com, web.com tour. College students whose parents don't seem to find mind paying down the credit card balance on tribal tattoos. <laughs> Though the unmitigated beauty of its canyons and deserts is well known, the northern part of the state actually holds the largest number of ponderosa pine trees in the world. I didn't know that. The northern part of Arizona actually holds the largest number of ponderosa pine trees in the world. But that doesn't help the ranking because... <laughs> They're completely useless as Christmas trees, so they're still 47th. Okay, so we've, we've, we've only disagreed on a couple there. Ohio should be last. Florida should not be 50, and it should, be in, should not be in the back 10. I'm sorry, just shouldn't. Utah. I like Utah. We, I spent some time in Utah a few years ago. It's beautiful. I fell in love with the state. I really did. It was beautiful. You know what other state I fell in love with? Well, is, and I don't know where it is on the ranking. We'll get to it. Is Idaho. And whenever I think of Utah, I think of Idaho, too. Idaho is gorgeous. And, I, and Boise was a great town. I fell, I fell in love with Boise when we were there. But according to them, Utah is 46 because to this day, Utah is still amazed it managed to host the Olympics. Ah! Pretty funny. 45, Mississippi. I, I drove, I've driven through Mississippi a couple times. It's pretty. I mean... Still Mississippi, though, I guess. Connecticut? Yeah. North Dakota? Yeah, North Dakota is the lesser of the Dakotas. <laughs> yes, it is. 42 is Missouri. I, I, Missouri's a nice state. It's okay. I mean, my son went to school there, the University of Missouri, Columbia. Got used to knowing about the state. Plus, I don't know if you've seen the new Netflix show, Ozark, uh, streaming now on Netflix. Uh, really good. And that is, uh, I guess this is why Missouri is ranked 42nd. Because the show Ozark on Netflix is all about, the uh, you know, being in Missouri, up in the Ozarks. And uh, the great, you know, the great lake of the Ozarks. That's filmed in Georgia. So, they got that going for them. But the show itself, if you haven't seen it, well worth the watch. It's a big guy show, though. So if you are against watching big guy shows, you know, you shouldn't watch it. Nevada, 41. If a guy tells you he's from Vegas, he's either mediocre street magician or a budding baseball phenom. If a guy tells you he goes to Vegas all the time, you probably think twice before trusting him. And if a guy tells you he goes to Reno all the time, you're either about to be murdered or giving a hard sell on discounted irrigation equipment. (laughs) Great buffet values, though. That's Nevada. Nebraska is 40th. Nebraska, I mean, 
My dad grew up in Nebraska, far western end. That's all I ever heard about was the far western end of Nebraska. Broken bow. Yeah, we had nothing. That's one pair of shoes a year. In the far western end. You look north, you can't see anything. You could drive for days. They were running down another person. Far western end. There's nobody out there. And so I remember when my son was being recruited to play college football in Nebraska was one of the teams, so he went out there for one of their camps. And um, and that's and my dad went to the University of Nebraska. And so uh, my son Elvis calls me, and he, he flew in, and then they drive to Lincoln. And he's driving to Lincoln, and he calls me, and he goes, Dad, Grandpa was right. There's nothing out here, man. <laughs> That pretty much sealed the fate of the University of Nebraska for Elvis. Uh, South Carolina, 39th. I mean, so, uh, any place where you lay down in a hotel and a roach crawls across you, I mean, they're lucky to make it to the top. I mean, they should be in the 40s, maybe. Rhode Island, Idaho. There's Idaho, 37th. I mean, Boise was beautiful. I really fell in love with Idaho. Idaho's gorgeous. And it should be maybe a little higher than 37th, although still Idaho. West Virginia, yeah. Kansas, oh, yeah, I don't care about Kansas. Georgia, 34th. I love Georgia. I mean, I've been to Georgia a bunch of times, spent time there, vacation there. I mean, you go to northern Georgia, you're in the foothills of the Smokies, gorgeous. But, I mean, don't live in Georgia, not after years of Florida. Hello? It's just my message came through. Hello? I should probably put that on silent. I was just listening to uh, All of Me with Chaka Khan, so sorry. And the volume turned up. South Dakota, 33rd. I mean, it's better than North Dakota, but still, it's one of the Dakotas, right? Um, Oklahoma, 32nd. You know, when my son started going to the University of Missouri, obviously Oklahoma was the, you know, one of the, state teams that you hated Oklahoma and Oklahoma state. So you just didn't like Oklahoma. Although when I first went to Oklahoma and actually spent some time in it, it's, it's pretty, it's a nice state, but if you're from Texas, Holy crap, do you hate Oklahoma? Oklahoma is like Ohio is to Michigan people. I mean, I got a buddy that lives. I got a friend of mine that lives here in the Metroplex who was born in, uh, was born out there in Western Texas. Out there in Big Spring. And uh, he tells me he doesn't even like living this close to Oklahoma here. Because you can smell it. (laughs) (laughs) Then you got Virginia, 31. Massachusetts, 30. These are all, yeah, middle ground states, right? Alabama. Alabama's a pretty state, too. I've been there a few times. Spent a little time driving through there. It's gorgeous. Although, still Alabama. Indiana, eh. I mean, all that you're known for is Indiana wants me every time you hear it. And who wants to hear that stupid song? Illinois. Well, we just talked about Illinois. I mean, how horrible is that, broke? I mean, Illinois should probably be, if they're not 50th in place of Florida, they should be maybe 49th because Ohio should be either 50th or 49th. So Wyoming, 26th. I've never been to Wyoming. I always wanted to go to Wyoming. I, I need to spend some time there. Iowa, eh. New Hampshire, eh. you know, the, the slate state. Ugh. I mean, New Hampshire is pretty, but you drive through New Hampshire, you get to Vermont, right? You don't spend any time in New Hampshire. New Mexico, eh. 
North Carolina. Spent some time in North Carolina. North Carolina is pretty. Well, you know, you get up into the Smoky Mountains, it's gorgeous. Asheville, Boone, up in there in the up in the high the high towns of the mountains. Beautiful. I mean, I could live up there. I remember and they've got some really there's a couple of really old radio stations up there in the mountains that are still the old ones where it's just the same build you know, the radio stations used to be in the same building that the transmitter and the tower was on. So you pull in I wish I knew what radio station it was. I pulled in to uh, talk to him about a job once a uh, hundred years ago when we were, we were on a trip and you drive down this dirt road and you come up on the station and it's this big brick building and the towers there and you walk inside and behind the square glass wall, the, you know, the glass bricks is the transmitter. It's so cool. I, I would have loved to have worked there. They weren't hot on hiring me for some reason. I mean, their loss, Right. New Jersey, I mean, New Jersey's 21, come on. I mean, New Jersey, I've lived in New Jersey. It ain't that good. Okay, I mean, it's it's New Jersey. Okay, I know there's some, you know, there's some nice places, but I lived in New Jersey because I had to. All right, but really, the only, and the only reason I lived so close to New Jersey in Pennsylvania uh, north of Philadelphia is so that I, because I had to travel into New Jersey, into Trenton every day to hop the train to go into New York. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't be ranked that high. Maryland, Maryland is twentieth. One of the first times that I was when I was moving to New York, we I moved from Florida to New York to be part of uh, this stupid network and. Uh, I mean, this fine institution of, of the Blaze and the Glenn Beck program. And uh, I uh, I left my family in Florida, not on purpose that time. And uh, I was going, we had an apartment rented, and I was going up to get into the apartment in Pennsylvania. And then, you know, in New York and stuff. But the, my wife and kids were coming up in a little while. She still had to move her folks into our house that we had in Florida. And uh, what was that, Jeff? Oh, nothing. And uh, I remember in the minute, I mean, I'm driving through Maryland. It's raining and storming. I get pulled over by a state trooper. You know why I get pulled over by a state trooper? Because I got Florida tags on and I got my car is full of stuff. Oh, I just pulled you over. Uh, what are you doing? Um, going from Florida to Pennsylvania, if it's any of your damn business, state trooper of Maryland, what do you want? It's raining out. He was pissed too because at that time, my Chevy Impala. The driver's side window wouldn't roll down, so I had to roll down the back window, <laughs> back window to talk to him. And it's storming, so he thinks I won't roll it down because it's raining out. He's coming into my car. I was like, I open the door a little bit. Said, the window ain't gonna roll down. <laughs> I'm only open the door a little bit. Okay, got the back window down. If you want to see my stuff, I'll open the side door. I, I mean, I told him about it. I didn't just open the side door because that's the way you get shot in Maryland. He opened the side door. Had to bring him down, and. uh so he was pissed right off the bat at that. And then I had it, and then I wouldn't open the door anymore because it was really raining. So I, had, I stuck my license and stuff through the back window. <laughs> he didn't give me a ticket, though. He just brought it back. Drive safely. What would you pull me over for, dick? Arkansas, number 19. 
I kind of liked Arkansas. I spent a little time there. I used to know we used to know uh, a guy that was a professor at the University of Arkansas. So we spent a little time there. You don't realize there's like uh, he was a big uh, archaeologist, so there was a lot of caves and stuff in Arkansas, Arizona, or I mean uh, Arkansas, and uh, he had all kinds of you know the Indian heads and the you know dinosaur fossil fossil finds, and uh, it, it was Arkansas was pretty. It was pretty. We used to have, when I was a little kid, my mom had a friend uh, in Michigan who had a a vacation home in Arkansas. I never could figure that out. A little kid was like. You live in the Great Lake State. Everybody I know has cottages on some lake up north, and you have a place in Arkansas. Well, was, I never did understand what what that was about. Vermont. Well, number eighteen is Montana. I've never been to Montana. I would like to see Montana as well. I know that they have the mean streets there that Pat Gray is from, and uh, you know you're lucky to get out of there alive by the skin of your teeth. Vermont, spent a little time in Vermont. Vermont's beautiful. Bennington, I mean, I spent a bunch of time in Bennington, Vermont. Love that. Hemings Motor News, the home of Hemings Motor News. Alaska, Oregon, Tennessee, New York 13th, Pennsylvania 12th, number 11, the great state of Texas. Texas should be in the top. I mean, not according to my wife, but it should be in the top 10. The great state of Texas. Colorado, California, number nine. Washington, number eight. I spent, you know what, I mean... California is beautiful. All the times I've spent in California, gorgeous. I don't want to live there, but it was gorgeous to be there. Washington, Minnesota, Hawaii, Louisiana. I've spent some time in Louisiana. I've even dealt with some Louisiana, New Orleans police officers. It should be ranked lower. Wisconsin, Kentucky. Kentucky's beautiful. Maine. I mean, I've visited there. It's nice. And the number one state, according to this ranking, what state didn't we mention? Yes, the great state of Michigan. So I've lived in the number one state and the worst state, according to this particular poll. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, Instagram at JeffyMRA. Coming up immediately following this broadcast is Lawrence Jones. I see Lawrence over there in the uh, green room slash TV production room uh, preparing his broadcast to uh, bring you the entertainment that only Lawrence Jones can bring you here on the Blaze Radio Network. His show is from noon to 3 Eastern. And then Mike Slater, Joe Pags. I mean, really, that's your Saturday lineup. You need not go anywhere else. Sunday, we've got Jackie Daly, David Barton, Hand Bill Handel, Yaron Brooks. I mean, and then Monday through Friday, you've got... Uh, who, what's his name in the morning? Uh, Doc Thompson. And then uh, Glenn Beck. And then uh, what's his face from, uh, oh yeah, Delaware, Opelka. And then uh, Salcedo. Talking about the poopy bills or something. I don't know what the heck he's talking about. And then uh, Pat and Stu. Uh, I mean, and then Buck Sexton. <laughs> I, I mean, you are welcome. You are welcome. From the Blaze Radio Network. To you 
your will. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. Sorry, I'm just sitting here going through my social media accounts and uh, had an opportunity to talk to, talk to Jeff Rosenblum uh, from uh, that's at JR Questus on Twitter. Uh, you know, the author, co author of Friction, one of the books that uh, our, uh, our ruler has mandated we read. The Law from on High has come down. And uh, one of the books, and it's actually a really good book if you have an opportunity to uh, to read it. If you see it laying around somewhere or you are you go to Barnes & Noble, here's, a, here's what you do. You go to Barnes & Noble and you read it. All right? You don't even have to buy it. Don't tell Jeff I said that. But you don't even have to buy it. Just go to, just go to Barnes & Noble, sit there and read it. Bring your, bring, your little, bring your little Yeti cup of cold soda and just sit there in the back in your little plush chair and read Friction. You'll get through it. You come back a couple times, you're through it. You're good. You haven't even spent a dime. I have to drive to a Barnes and Noble, Jeff. There's only one that's open within a hundred and fifty mile radius now. Okay, well then buy it and have it shipped to your home. Uh, I mean, if you just go to Amazon and uh, they'll deliver it the next day. Amazon Prime, give it to you next day, no problem. All right. So as you well know, I uh, I uh, I am fashion. I mean, there's just no. Uh, If you've ever seen me, you know that nothing could be, nothing could be, some would say further from the truth. I would say nothing could be closer to the truth. I am fashion. All right. I know they've got this whole Coco Chanel thing that, you know, she thinks she said it. Uh, No. Uh, She may have said it, but I am fashion. So, a couple things. I am still, I seriously am still working on Moo Moo's by Jeffy. Uh, my daughter is uh, working on some special Moo Moo's by Jeffy special designer editions. Uh, Maya has been, uh, you know, busy drawing and uh, bringing me different creations. And I've been, you know, she gets mad when I say no. I drew this, don't you like it? No, no, do give me something else. That's very, you know, you got to be able to say no to your kids. And uh, so I'm working on that. And, and this is just this is, this is just an example of why I am fashion. So I see this story about people going to Panama for fashion. And I'm like, that cannot be. That cannot be. So these people are going to this 
uh, Panama vacations destination, this Embarar village, for their special little trinkets and wares. And no, it may be a good little vacation destination, but it is not fashion. Right. Let's just go. You're not going to the Panama Embara village for fashion. I'm sorry. You just aren't. However, one of the good things that's happening this year, August, the 16th season of Project Runway. Now, I'm forced to watch this. I don't like it. I don't like it. But since I am fashion, I mean, I should be aware of what's happening in the fashion community. And Project One Way is one of those, one of the ways that I keep up with what's happening in the fashion community. This is the 16th season of Project Runway. Uh, some of the some of the seasons have been great. There've been some great people on there. And by great, I mean uh, funny, uh, bad, horrible people. Uh, but there's some great. The, I love the I love the judges. Uh, Heidi Klum, I mean, she's, I mean, what a racket. <laughs> I mean, to tell you, you want to talk about somebody that has found a money-making machine is Heidi Klum. I mean, not only is she a money-making machine, and I mean that in a good way, not in a, in the other way. And, but it's a show. Holy cow. That show, they sponsor everything down to toenail colors and blush. And they, I mean, you're not wearing anything that isn't sponsored. It is uh, amazing. I mean, they take those designers on. Today, we're going to be taking Bill's helicopter rides to Joe's farm. Uh, I mean, the world is sponsored. It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. So, and my man, Tim. We'll be on there. I mean, I love them. I love the whole thing. So, I mean, when you are fashion like me, uh, you have to know. However, one of the good things about this particular, and I say good things because I know a lot of people are going to, you have to say that. You have to say it's a good thing. I, on the other hand, don't necessarily think it's a good thing. Because this particular season, they're going to focus on size-inclusive models. So what does that mean? Size-inclusive models. Yes, they're going to be making fat guy clothes or fat girl clothes. So if you make fat girl clothes and fat guy clothes, what do you need to walk down the runway? Fat guys. I mean, okay. I get the PC world. And Heidi, I love you. And I know that I know you're trying to make everybody happy and the world and you want the show to be a little different. It's been 16 years. You're starting to feel like it's in a rut. You want a little better. You brought What's-Her-Face on to do the All-Stars and that really, I mean, I guess that's okay and they watch it because you're not on. Uh, Alyssa Milano does the All-Stars and and I, I when they when they first started the All Stars, I thought, hey, that's a good idea. And then Alyssa was on there, and she's pregnant through the whole thing. Come on, do I want to see Alyssa Milano pregnant? No, no. 
I got it. She's a mom. She's pumped out a couple of kids. Great. I still I don't want to see her pregnant. So that ruined it. that ruined the All Stars for me. So she, I get you know there's still All Stars going on now, and you know Lisa's still there. She's not pregnant. Okay, so I'll go back and take a look once in a while. But Heidi, do we really need to have size inclusive season? Why are you fat shaming? You bastard. I know. I know. I know. I got it. I understand. Believe me. But I just can't. It's going to be a. It's going to be a tough year. It's going to be a tough year to get through. To get through. If I have to. I mean, it's bad enough. I got to deal with. I got to deal with. With my man, Tim Gunn. I love him so much. He's fantastic. But there are a number of people who are participants in Project Runway who think they should be like Tim Gunn. There's no one like Tim Gunn. That's why he's Tim Gunn. And it's just, I'm going to have to sit through that. And now I've got to sit through size-inclusive runways. stop it okay look i was one of the first ones that wanted to have you know what you know what's not out there in the world you know what's not out there in the world okay there's all kinds of magazines playboy penthouse hustler all kinds of girl next door club whatever the magazines are i've never seen them before in my life you know the magazines that are hidden behind the counter is there a fat guy magazine no there's fat women there's thin women there's no fat guy magazines. I was the one who said that would be a million dollar idea. Okay. The fat guy mags. Genius, I thought. I was just I was once again, I was so far ahead of my time, I was behind. And it's a, something I've struggled with my entire life. Right? So I'm just saying. I got nothing against I get fat shamed every day of my life. So I'm I got nothing against size inclusivity. But why do I have to watch it come down the runway? Why, Heidi, please don't. And then we're gonna have to hear the judges and everything's gonna have to pretend like it's not size inclusive, like it looks great and you look great wearing that, although if I saw you on the street I wouldn't think that at all. Stop it, don't make me say that. And you're going to have to say, oh, and Tim's going to have to say, oh, you look so beautiful. Why don't we do this? No. No. And even last year, you know what it was? You know what it was? Last season, the last two seasons, that's why they were doing it. The last two seasons, the models that they were bringing in, the models who were, you know, needed to have a sandwich every now and then and stop doing all the other stuff that they do weren't that good looking. That's what they were doing. They were already laying the groundwork for size inclusive. You bastards. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. 
This is the Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. Lawrence Jones standing by to take over, take the helm, grab the steering wheel, and drive this thing right in. I mean, take this thing out of the ditch. That's what he does every Saturday. Grabs, takes the helm, and takes this network right out of the ditch that I've driven us into. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but a lot of people struggle with depression and uh, need uh, help. Uh, and, and you may be one of those people. Now, I don't know if you realize that in today's world, there's something that you can do that will make you feel so much better. And you can do it with the help of the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy. Now, it certifies guides, and it gets you out and lets you relax and do forest bathing. Just relax. Close your eyes and bathe in the forest. You know, if you close your eyes real tight in the forest and then open them up, everything will look greener. Now, there's plenty of healthcare providers that are trying to be encouraged to incorporate forest therapy as a stress reduction strategy. Stress takes a terrible toll. We can we can only we can only assume that it that it accounts for billions of dollars of health care costs and how much better people would be if they would forest bathe. There are times when I close my eyes well not me but the guide and the green looked a lot greener began to see things I hadn't noticed before. The flutter of the birds, the ripple of the water, the swaying of the trees. It helps you be here and not there. Breathe and be prepared for forest bathing. Now, in the middle of your bathing process, if you feel the need to reach out and hug that tree, feel the energy from that tree, do it. But mostly, breathe deep, close your eyes as tight as you can, and then open them up and soak in the beauty that is Forest bathing. And you can do that, uh, you know, with the help of the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy. So good luck, God bless, and uh, be well. Thanks for coming along for the ride today. Lawrence Jones standing by, uh, ready to take this thing, uh, drive this thing out of the ditch. Then uh, who's next? Mike Slater, then Joe Pags, and uh, thanks to Michael Pelka for. Uh, being the opening act on Saturday for this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. Always remember uh, one of the things that you need to do. You know, you're so stressed and you've been bathing in the forest. And now you feel relaxed. You feel better. And you notice things more. And you notice, gosh darn it, this, those birds are flapping in the, the limbs of the trees. 
I'm hearing the bugs and the ruffle of the leaves on the, on the forest floor. And I say to myself, you know, it's important to remember money can't buy common sense, character, manners, integrity. It can't buy respect, morals, patience, trust, class, and mostly money can't buy love. Breathe deep in the forest. Bathe beauty of the forest. Have a good week. We'll see you next week on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.